Welcome to Legal Management Talk, official podcast of the Association of Legal Administrators. I'm your host, Christina Vragovich. Joining the podcast today is legal market strategist Yobst Elster. Yobst is Inside Legal's head of content and legal market strategy, and he's here to discuss his new recurring column in Legal Management Magazine called Thinking Out Cloud. Welcome to the podcast, Yobst. Hello, how are you? I'm great. It's great to have you back on the podcast. Your new column, as we mentioned, is called Thinking Out Cloud, and it's all about cloud computing in the legal industry specifically. Listeners, you can find the new column in the March issue now available at legalmanagement.org and on the app. So, Yobst, my favorite line, I think, is when you say the cloud is a bit like social media in legal. No matter how hard we try to ignore it and dismiss its viability, it just won't go away. Um, And in fact, you point out that cloud tech has been around quite a long time at this point, correct? Yes, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, you know, the fact of the matter is that in reality, we've been using cloud services uh, as consumers, but also in the enterprise for at least two decades and even longer um, on the the consumer uh, side of things. Uh, Hotmail, for example, is the first cloud email service, and that was launched in 1996, uh, 20 years ago. And Salesforce.com, the popular lead and contact management application, which is considered by most the first true software-as-a-service cloud platform, started in 1999, as did NetDocuments, the legal market's first cloud document and email management system. So, Christina, to the point about the cloud not going away, it's really, you know, legal is far beyond the tire-kicking stage when it comes to cloud technologies. I mentioned, you know, uh, 90, 96, and, you know, it's been around for a while, but really within the last five, six years, we've seen a lot of traction in, the, um, in legal as it relates to cloud computing. Various technology surveys indicate cloud adoption rates exceeding 40-plus percent. And while it's not really a all-or-nothing proposition in terms of adopting the clouds, the cloud law firms are cloudizing specific line of business applications like document management, client relationship management, case management, time and billing, and then adopting a cloud-first approach for future technology rollouts. And like I mentioned in the column, in my estimation, I think we're only a few short years away, even in legal, from native cloud applications and services making up a vast majority of our technology landscape. And at, at that point, it's really, you know, saying cloud will be like adding www to a website address when we mention it to someone. So the hot issue and the thing that comes up most often with reluctant adopters in the legal industry, but especially, I mean, across the board, is security. So what's the state of cloud security as it stands today? So when when cloud computing and legal really started picking up some speed about seven or so years ago, all you heard about was how unsafe it was to store firm and, God forbid, client files and information somewhere besides the firm server room or off-site or an off-site storage facility if it was actually uh, hard copy files. Well, the same folks advocating against the cloud at the firm were starting to use Dropbox for personal use. Dropbox was founded in 2007. Uh, at home and uploading and sharing pictures, as well as using the aforementioned Hotmail for remote email access, and 
what about Facebook and the information you're openly sharing and exposing there? So you can sort of see the hypocrisy there. So let's fast forward to 2016. We can finally have cloud technology conversations without really getting hung up on the S word. The the reality is uh, third-party cloud providers can't afford any sort of security breach or security-related service downtime. Their biggest investment is in innovation surrounding cloud security in governments. Reputable cloud providers maintain all the industry standard certifications that you may or may not have heard of, including ISO, SOC 2 Level 2, SOC 2 Plus, and even HIPAA security compliance. Ask any large law firm, CIO, and they'll tell you that their cloud provider is much better positioned to handle security than they are internally. Plus, if clients, if their clients subject the, their firm, their outside counsel to a security audit, in many cases they can offload the audit burden to the cloud provider because, as I mentioned, they are set up from a security standpoint to handle those sort of audits. So how do most firms know that they're dealing with a reputable cloud solution provider? Is there a certification or a stamp of approval that they can trust? Uh, you know, it's really about developing cloud security best practices for the legal profession and getting the ABA and the state bars to agree and even endorse these these best practices and standards. standards. So think of it like a, a Bureau Veritas cloud certification that's globally recognized. Uh, so if you're using a cloud provider and, you know, at a glance you can see which whether they're certified and whether they're approved, so that gives you the peace of mind to put your information in the cloud or in their cloud. So so this model, this idea, that's exactly what the Legal Cloud Computing Association, a consortium of leading legal cloud computing providers, is shooting for with their recent release of the Cloud Security Standards Doctrine. This is basically a set of draft guidelines that are aimed to set standards regarding encryption and data integrity address data loss prevention measures, as well as explain cloud terms of service and privacy policies. These standards will hopefully give the legal profession certainty as to the specific steps taken by technology vendors in keeping their data private and secure. So it gets back to giving them this peace of mind. The initial goal here is to have a set of standards published during the ABA Law Practice Division's ABA Tech Show, which happens later this month in Chicago. So the team here at ALA were really excited to see the future iterations of your column and the opportunity to really dig deep into cloud computing so our members and readers come away with actionable advice as well as the big picture landscape. Can you tell us a little bit about your plans for the column, um, some of the specific topics you plan to cover? Sure. So as you know, we have covered cloud computing in previous issues of legal management much of it focused on the state of cloud technologies and some insights into what firms are doing. I actually think that sharing use cases and examples of what ALA, ALA members are doing in the cloud, how they approach the new technology, what change management they encountered, how they addressed internal and client pushback, and what benefits they realized from going to the cloud, I think all of those answers to those kind of questions are invaluable. So you'll be seeing a lot more of those sort of case studies. Also, another fascinating aspect of the cloud to me is the way uh, the services are delivered and the way 
it's monetized. So basically, because of the cloud environment, uh, users have anywhere, anytime access. And the subscription model is different than a software licensing model, which would be typical for a software purchase. And with that comes a new relationship that the cloud provider has with the customer. Uh, uh, again, getting back to the point that they cannot afford any sort of downtime. And if there is downtime or if you're not happy with the service, you can simply just suspend or cancel your subscription. So there's a lot more accountability there than there would be in the in a previous sort of uh, vendor-firm relationship. Uh, so the, as a result of this, the true part of this true partnership, the service is heightened and innovation is accelerated. So like I mentioned, this is a far cry from being put on hold by your software vendor's helpline. So we're going to explore that a little bit and, and, and uh, talk about really what that means in reality and also what that might mean to law firms and how they might better service their own clients. Uh, maybe, you know, based on the positive experience they have with a cloud vendor, how would you be able to take some of those best practices and use those for your own for your own uh, business? Finally, readers can look forward to learning about some specific cloud products. So these are not in-depth reviews by any means, but really a guide of what's trending among legal professionals and who's using what uh, and for what purpose. So for example, we'd love to drill down into this year's ALA conference guide and see which cloud vendors uh, the attendees might want to put on their radar. Well, we're looking forward to it. Yobst, it's always a treat to have you on the show. Thanks so much for your time, and thank you to our listeners and subscribers out there. Again, ALA members can log in and access Legal Management Magazine online for free at legalmanagement.org or via our tablet-compatible app. If you are not a member of ALA, subscriptions to our flagship publication are available for purchase at alanet.org slash legalmgmt. That's alanet.org slash legalmgmt. And for more information about any of ALA's education, events, and member services, please visit alanet.org. Until next time.